Hey guys, this is Ed, Paul, and Anna of Current Brand Media, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. Sportsball is a great subscription service geared towards minor league baseball fans. Each box features a different minor league team. You get a box every three months with minor league baseball gear, including different styles of hats like Ed's favorite, the dad hat. The cost is less than $12 a month. Proceeds from each box goes to More Than Baseball, the only nonprofit dedicated to the well-being of minor league baseball players. We all know that Parents' Days are coming up this summer. So if you've got a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa who are particularly difficult to buy for, but you know they're baseball fans, this is the answer, guys. Meet your new favorite team at sportsballbox.com. Is there anybody there? <laughs> What's up, Deadhead Crew? Ed here. And on this episode, I bring you guys the young professor. This man has done it all, okay? He's uh, hosted um, Trivia Night. He's done emceeing for wrestling. And he's also the voice that you hear at the Daytona Tortugas. He is your MC for that team. He is a good dude. We talked about baseball, his, his past, how he grew up and became a fan of the sport. And then also how he uh, approaches the, you know, wrestling and baseball at the same time. All right, guys. So without further ado, I'll give you the episode. All right. Well, I want to welcome you guys to yet another episode of Dad Hat Chronicles. Obviously, I'm Ed. And with me today, I have a special treat for you guys. I have a guy who is, you know, he, he's done a lot, guys. I'm not going to lie to you, okay? He's uh, he's done a lot of emceeing, uh, Daytona Tortugas, a uh, wrestling commentator and announcer, game host. I mean, this guy has done it all, okay? Uh, I'm excited. So, uh, I'm going to talk to you guys. His name is The Young Professor. He goes by Professor, so we're going to go and uh, go with that. Sounds good? Ed, thank you. What's up, man? How are you? What's up to everybody at the Dad Hat Chronicles? Oh, man, I'm excited when I was uh, when uh, we you reached out because I was, you know, obviously making a call to everybody who wanted to be on. We, re you know, we talk and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be fun. You do a lot. So I want to get to know about you. I'm going to ask my first question that the only question I ask and then we'll go from there. Um, that's wrong. Growing up, you know, how did you become a fan of sports overall? Oh man. Um, I, it's not a typical story. I'll be, I didn't grow up in a very sports heavy household to be very, very honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, my, so I'm, I'm 35, I'll be 36. So I'm not that young anymore, even though I go by the young professor. <laughs> uh, unfortunately I still look young as you know, my children age me more and more every day, Isn't but, that the um, truth? But I guess in that era, my father worked a lot. I don't know. I don't know how it was in your house, but my dad worked like a lot, lot. And he mm -hmm. was always gone. And he, he wasn't a big sports guy either. Um, came from kind of a mixed religion household. My father was Jewish. My mother was Catholic. My mom didn't follow any sports. Her dad did. My dad didn't follow. He played everything, I guess, growing up. But. I uh, didn't really talk about it or watch it. So I didn't really grow up with sports. I played soccer up in New Jersey. That's where I'm from. So that's kind of what everybody did, what all the kids did. It was, I guess, easy enough. And it's good motor skill coordination. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of it. But the only team that I ever had any real affinity for, and it was really because it was all my grandfather ever wore, and if I went to his house or down to his basement bar that he had, was the New York Mets. He was a big baseball fan. He was Love a it. lowly Mets fan. Um, my parents had actually, they won the – World Series in 1986. That's the year I was born. I was uh, 
seven months old at the time, seven, eight months old. And there's a picture of my father sitting with me on the coffee table uh, with a little Mets hat on during game six of the world series during that big, crazy rally comeback. Cause it was such an amazing thing. What? So that was, that's the only team I had any real connection to. Um, so that's kind of how sports started for me. And I wasn't until I kind of started making friends in, in high school and middle school where I kind of started getting into football and started getting into at least enough that I could follow it and talk about it and have more of an interest, but not, not a typical sports guy coming up, believe it or not. Yeah. You know, same with me. Um, my dad's uh he's a pastor, right? I'm a preacher's kid. Um, he, like you, uh, worked a lot, right. We did a lot of in the community and things like that, you know, uh, you know, he really wasn't uh, the type of person to really do, you know, follow sports or anything like that. I think we, when we moved here to the U.S., it was when we really got into sports, right? He never, you know, said don't do it or anything. He just, you know, that wasn't really his thing, you know, like, like for now, for me, it's like, I, <laughs> that's all I eat, breathe and all sports all day, every day, you know? So, yeah. So, so, I so get it. <laughs> right, exactly. So let me ask you, um, where, how did you come up with the name, the young professor? Tell me how that came about all of that. So my, my real name is Matt Grafer, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, I don't have a problem. I like my name. It's, it served me well. Uh, but Matt is, uh, you know, it's, I guess the first name of the new Testament and it's therefore, I guess, not that memorable as soon as you tell people <laughs> you're Mike or you're Mark, or uh, it's very, it's very vanilla. It's ordinary. It's general. I'm Ed. So um, I get it. Yeah. Exactly. And like so last, it happened to me last week at church. Uh, we started going to a new church about a month ago and uh, I met a lady and she's like, I, I, we met and I'm like, we did. I, I'm terrible with names. I don't know about you, but I'm me awful. Remember. And I'm an announcer, which is like the worst thing in the world to not be good at. <laughs> um, but she's like, um, Mike. Right. And I was like, no, God, like, this is why I don't do Matt. This is why I don't even do that anymore. I just tell people it's like, just professor. They're like, really? And it, it's weird for people sometimes. And I'm like, but you remember it. Like I, there's not many other guys, you know, uh, but I was actually a college professor at, at 25. So actually next month, God, I hadn't thought about that. Next month will be 10 years since I started teaching college. I was a 25 year old college professor. And um, wow. when I started in entertainment, uh, I was just Matt for a while. I started as a trivia host and that was fine. And then I kind of wanted to have something a little bit more marketable, something with a little more um, marketability behind it. Yep. So what can I be? And I was, well, I'm, I'm a young professor. I, I'm asking questions. That, so that seems like a good idea for trivia. And so that's where I came up with it. And then when I started transitioning into sports and doing more, I just kept it because I had kind of built a following around it and it seems to work. People like it for everything. So it's uh, something I guess we'll run with for a little while longer. Go for it, man. Hey, listen, it, it it's, it's working, right? It's, and you, uh, it's it's not not working so exactly <laughs> and like you said right it's it's catchy right you know same thing with the same situation like you know if i was going to create a twitter handle like you know i don't think ed would have been the, the the most you know marketable thing so dad had you know dad had chronicles okay yeah that's that's more unique than you know my very generic you know name Edward. right right yeah i mean that's what it's about i mean if you're going to start doing anything where you want a nice ring to it. I mean, that, that's a good place to start. You've got to have a catchy name. You got to get something to bring you 
to the dance to get people to open the door for you at least a little bit. And mm-hmm. so that's, uh, that's, that's where we landed. And uh, even though I'm not young anymore and not a uh, professor, I'm a high school teacher now, but I was a professor for uh, about seven and a half years. So I did it for the better part of a decade yeah. and earned it and uh, it, it works. And now it's just professor kind of everywhere I go. That's what people know me. I as. love it. I, I think that's great. I love it. So, you know, what was your first gig when you started doing all of this? You said it was uh, trivia host. Yeah, uh, I uh, in the midst of my teaching, uh, I was teaching in Daytona Beach, where where I now also work with the Daytona Tortugas and with awesome. Emory Riddle for their basketball team. Where I got a, two games tomorrow night, men's and women's basketball tomorrow night. Um, but uh, I was there, and when I first moved here, I used to play trivia down there, and I was teaching college there. It was a night program, and I was teaching the bachelor's level of uh, sports medicine and fitness technology, and they were, you didn't have a lot of students enrolling, and they cut my program, and so I got let go, Ouch. and it, yeah, it was, it was rough. I just had a new baby the year before, uh-huh. um, and so my wife and I, we had four kids, and so it was like, what do we do now? What's, what's next, and where do we land? And my experience kind of had me in a weird spot in life at the time. Um, it, was, it was very uncomfortable, probably one of the most uncomfortable periods I've ever been in because I, was, I have a master's degree. I had all this specialization in teaching college, but like most colleges want a doctorate. So it's not like I can just go do it everywhere. And because I have a master's, nobody else wanted to talk to me because they thought they'd have to pay me too much money. So it was, it was a tough spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I, I used to be a spinning instructor and I used to give a lot of crazy speeches in college. I gave a keynote speech for when I graduated with my master's degree and people have been telling me for a long time, like, Hey, you should, you should do something with that. You should go talk. And uh, I had always wanted to host trivia. We used to go play. And so I picked up a job where I was doing sales and I also picked up a side job because it was a lot less money than I had been making as a teacher. So I picked up a side job in trivia and that was the first thing I did in entertainment. And I, I didn't really have a plan. It was just a way to make extra money. You're right. Uh, and I did it for six years. I left trivia two weeks ago, actually. I, I finally have kind of moved on looking into bigger things, but I did it for six years. And from, from it, it blossomed into this entire like side career, if you will, mm-hmm. in entertainment and has really added so much to me, helped me kind of sharpen my skills on a microphone in front of crowds of different sizes. And when I walked into these sports franchises, I, I started in pro wrestling and then I went to pro football and then baseball and now basketball, like people are, wow, you've just, you seem so polished. How long have you, you've been doing it? And I'm really only coming up on my four year sports anniversary. That's awesome, um, dude. And, but I got a lot of practice. I got a lot of reps and, and trivia is where it all started. I mean, you got a hot mic for two hours. You got to keep people there spending money, you know, ordering drinks at the bar, keeping everybody happy. And if you can do that, well, maybe you can do some other stuff too. That's awesome. I love it. I, you know, and you like you said, it's like, it, it just takes work. It takes time, you know, to polish and whatever, whatever it is that you want to do. Right. I mean, for me is, is this, I mean, I'm only, you know, uh, have not that many episodes out but it's just you know as i go right i can't i get better and better and you know you get polished so i appreciate that man that's awesome good for you um so let's talk about obviously you know my most of my podcast is has to do around the baseball tell me about you know how you became you know uh involved with the uh daytona tortugas 
you know, I had expressed interest years ago when I first started with all this and, and I don't think they were ready to take me seriously <laughs> like yet. Um, but I mean, that's okay. I mean, rightfully so you got to earn your stripes. Yeah. Uh, but the guy who is now the general manager, uh, Jim Jaworski, uh, Jim and I met when I first moved here to Florida. And mm-hmm. at the time, Jim was not general manager. Jim was working in ticket sales for the team. At the time, it was the Daytona Cubs. Yep. And uh, I, I had just moved here. I was working for an, an event management company running youth football and uh, junior ROTC competitions, like uh, national championships. And so we met at a networking event. I, I had just moved here by way of Illinois. I lived in Illinois for two years right outside of St. Louis, but you still had a lot of like Cubs fans. So I moved here and I went to this event just cause I didn't know anybody. I was looking to network, meet some folks. And I spot this guy over there who's got Cubbies gear on. And I was like, well, that's an easy conversation starter. I just, le- I just left that place. So I can right. talk about the Cubs. I have some knowledge. Uh, and that's how I met Jim and Jim and I kept up over the years. And when I started teaching, Uh, Not too long after that, I would do field trips with my students and Jim would set me up with like the um, the athletic trainers and and people who could give my students some wisdom. And we we had come out when the Tortugas announced the change of the franchise and we were there. They did the big press release like I brought my students on a field trip to check it out. So I, I worked this relationship with him and we both kind of did our thing and mm-hmm. he eventually got to the top and he was actually the MC. He was the guy doing everything on the field uh, for the team. Right. And two years ago, 2020, the infamous year, yeah. uh, that was the year. If you recall, I mean, you're, you're a minor league baseball guy. That was when everything was getting ready to change. Yep. And nobody knew what was going to happen. But there were several teams that were on the chopping block. Like some were like, yeah. they're definitely going to go. But there were others that were like, they might go. Mm-hmm. And right at the head of that list were the Daytona Tortugas. And it was a scary thought. Uh, we are getting ready now. I mean, we know how the story ends. We're still here. Um, we're getting ready to start our 101st year that's professional insane. baseball in Daytona at what used to be city Island and in, in that place, you know, yeah. and, and there's so much history there. I was but, just going to say, there's a lot of history involved with that little, in that little ballpark. Dude, right that's there. where, that's where it happened. That's where, that's where Jackie Robinson played his first integrated professional game of ball. I mean, yeah. it, it changed professional sports worldwide. I mean, it, it happened there where we play and we were on the chopping block and, um, there was a lot of community support. There was a lot that was being done to try and really rally behind and keep that team. And that year was going to be an important year for us. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten a call in late 2019 from Jim. He called me and said, Hey, look, we've never hired somebody for this, but I've been watching what you're doing. Uh, he saw that I did two seasons with the Jacksonville sharks, the arena football team. I remember he that. Saw, yeah. I saw all the stuff that you did. He's like, you're really good. I think we're going to bring you in if you're interested and we, we want to do all that we can to create more community engagement. And so I was like, Oh, we've got a chance. We're going to save the team. We're going to save. And literally I was on, we were getting ready. I was supposed to have an appointment. We were going to do a, a social media thing where I was going to sign and you know, oh, we're bringing the young professor in to do all this. And that's the day the world ended. That was the day that everything stopped, stopped. and shut down. I mean, it was, Talk about having the rug pulled out from under you. I mean, for me, of course, but for the team, that season meant so much to 
Like we, we felt like we had so much to do to really show our worth and our value and why we belonged in the conversation, why they still needed to maintain some kind of relationship with us. You can't let that kind of history die. And we were going to go for it. And it was 2020 and it didn't happen. So nobody knew. No baseball um, at all. It was rough at all. And, and the changes still happened and the changes were still coming. Mm -hmm. Um, But our community really did a lot um, to make sure that we stayed in the conversation and the team did and the press releases and by the grace of God, and and we we made some state some stadium changes and some things, some more modern amenities needed to be added, which is one of the criteria that Major League Baseball is working. We're, we are working with their athletes, you know, it's their pipeline, so right. that makes sense that you have to have some stand. You've got a hundred year old facility, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, it's, some, it's some more like hundred and ten years old. It was built in nineteen fourteen. It's one of the oldest ballparks in America. It's um. That's awesome. But they they let us through and we still didn't. And then it was still COVID and we didn't know. And finally they were like, all right, we're in and you're in and let's go. And so we uh, we had a season last year. Man, it was a it was a, it was a great season. And we're, we're already gearing up for the next one. I, you know, that's and that's amazing. I, I'm glad that you said that because like there's so many teams that were on that bubble right when when all of that was happening when there's like literally chopping block right you know here in here in ohio right we had the uh, mahoney valley scrappers who lost their affiliation to the then cleveland indians right but they were saved because they were they were moving to a prospect league but nobody knew that right right the Appalachian League, right? How they all lost their affiliation, and now they're a you know a a, a, team, a, a league, you know, collegiate woodbat league, right? Successful right now, but it's just that that whole mindset that you have to keep yourself in because all of that is happening in COVID, sure. and it's just so many things. Yeah, it was uh, it was very uncertain for for everybody. And um, I mean, we, we see now, I think, with a lot of those teams that have survived and have thrived even, that there there is life outside of the major league and minor league baseball bubble. Mm-hmm. It seems like there is something there. Uh, teams are getting a little more creative. They're getting a little more interesting. They're, they're kind of getting a little kookier. Um, which is a you, great thing. I love it. Which is the best thing, uh, I think. And I, if, if I'm being perfectly honest, I, I think major league baseball, and minor league baseball by proxy could catch up a little by, by leaning a little more into that. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about that, but I mean, you look at guys like a team that I did get to do some work with this past summer. Um, I got to, I got to do a little stint with them for one game and it was an unbelievable experience. That's the Savannah bananas. I think those guys are changing the nature of baseball and and entertainment and sports all together. I believe. I'm um, glad you said that. I'm really glad that you said that because I've been saying this all along is the majors, they really need to really pay attention to what the minor leagues are doing, right? Because they're doing a whole lot more with a whole lot less than they are. They have to. I mean, it's uh, it's we're not playing the same game. You know yeah. what I mean? It's uh, it's really interesting to watch. Uh, I I had a chance to do something on my bucket list this year Uh, my wife and I did a visit to Boston in late September and it happened to be a weekend where the Red Sox were home it happened to be a weekend where the Red Sox were playing the Yankees and uh, who would have thought I've always always wanted to go to Fenway Park that's one of those places Uh, I've been to Wrigley 
Uh, I went to old Yankee Stadium. I got a chance to visit a lot of these historic ballparks over the mm-hmm. years. But that, that was always one that I really wanted to go to. You see all the movies and all the film and, and, and the footage of the games. I mean, Boston, Fenway, right. beautiful place, so much history, great fan base. We got there and we went to the game. I, we had a great time, but I don't think they did anything special. No, at all. I I think they are lucky. I will go as far to say they are lucky that they have such a diehard fan base that just is in it for them. Because if they didn't, that show that wouldn't draw. It wouldn't be doing what it does. Like their their history is their draw, and and I think they coast on that. And, And good for them. But in that same conversation, that was the same time. And I talked about this on another show because we did it around the same time. I don't know if you remember, there was a post that went a little bit viral on Twitter. Uh, I showed, I think it was PNC Park. It was where the Pirates play up out in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And there were like 800 fans yep. in the whole place for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Like, I know they're not a storied franchise, winning championship, but a storied franchise, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, the my, my baseball hero, Clemente, played there, right? There you go. And, you know, Honus Wagner played there, the most uh, the most valuable yeah. baseball card ever produced. He came out of that franchise, and, and they they couldn't draw flies. And that's a major league team, a storied franchise. Why not? Uh, and I think that the majors could – lean in and, and do more there. I think they're going to have to, at some point, they're going to have to realize that entertainment. Now you have to engage your fans differently. You know, people are not willing to sit and yep. just watch a slow game and baseball, I think probably as a popularity, it's got to be dying. I mean, you see it the is. decline in attendance everywhere mm-hmm. and it's not that it's not a good game. It is, but you look at the attention span of just Americans and, and people in general in the world now with the speed at which we get everything and mm-hmm. how quick it needs to shift and transition. Baseball's not keeping up with that. And I, I think they're losing ground. And if they're not careful, they could lose a lot of ground and, and wind up in a bad situation. Lord knows that this whole, uh, you know, everything up in the air right now in Major League Baseball right, is a lockout and all that. Yeah. yeah, it's um, very dicey. Yeah, you know, uh, and and you're right, absolutely right. I think that you know, and baseball is my favorite sport, right? But I'm also a fan of football. I watch basketball. I watch hockey. I mean, I watch all the sports, right? Softball. I'll watch anything, right? right. Uh, but as you see, you know, that conversation has shifted from you know baseball being the you know America's pastime to now the NFL being America's pastime. Why? Because they are force feeding and everything. They're they're being more imaginative with all the you know with anything that they have to do. And and baseball on the at least on the major league side are it's really not shifting at all. And it's no. and it's, it's mind boggling, right? Because you want you're known as America's pastime. You're not a regional sport. Sorry, man, for it, but you're not, right? This is a national sport, and it's losing its its popularity quickly. Yeah, and it, it'll be really interesting to see where where it goes. But you look at the. I mean, there's a reason I think why a collegiate baseball team like the Savannah Bananas like conquer ESPN every couple of months mm-hmm. and there's tons of coverage of it because they're doing it different and then you'll see things at minor league games that go viral that are really kooky and interesting because that's what 
engages fans now. I mean, you look at just yeah. the kind of entertainment we're consuming. It's hard. I mean, I'm a teacher in a classroom. I was having a conversation today. We went back today for some training before school starts back tomorrow. Um, like it's really hard to connect with kids now mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I'm, you, you could see what I have here. Like, Oh yeah. I'm a you, colorful, you're, oh, you're interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm engaging and I, and I move and I'm passionate and my voice moves. I'm not Ben Steining everybody up in the front of my classroom every day. Mm-hmm. I don't have a chance against TikTok, against, you know, these 10 second videos with 28 jump cuts and all these neon filters and like, and that's what kids are used to. And technology is a great thing, but it's really one of those things that's just really killing uh, attention span, really. It is. And and it's really altering the way we view what we give our attention to. And it's not just kids. It's adults, too. I mean, oh, think yeah, about, I mean I'm sure you sit and watch TV. Do you sit and intently watch TV or are you, or are you sitting there? Oh, oh, I've done it. Absolutely. I've done it. I I'm mean, guilty of it. Absolutely. That's where we are. And baseball still, you know, stepping outside the box and, you know, tapping your cleats and fixing it, your gloves. Yeah. And, and and God forbid right. you share a clip on, on Twitter, Major League Baseball will automatically tell you to yank that off. Right. right. Like it's not you're not feeding into what even gives people the chance to want to cling more to your product. And and I get it. I get the intellectual property argument there. Uh, I understand, but at the same time, you've got to watch what's happening. Right. But that argument, it's no longer valid because look at the the NBA, the NBA wants you to do that. The NBA is like, yeah, go ahead and share it. Absolutely. Go for it. Yep. Why? Because they know. They know that they're that because you're sharing and you're you're seeing, you know, for example, LeBron James dunking, they're automatically going to know, like, hey, here's the NBA. Let's follow that. Right. Right. There's the Lakers. There's this. And then you're coming right back around to it anyway. Yep. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. It's, and it's um, crazy. Yeah. Baseball needs to catch up. I, I, I really think so. And um, I, yeah. I hope that they do. Baseball I mean, needs to learn from the minor leagues. And that is, that's the, the whole point right there. You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, it's a shift of focus that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, minor leagues are, are, are different in, in their approach. I mean, our, our, our mission is different. Our goal is different. Our customers are different. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look at the price points for access to a minor league game versus a major league game. Uh, there is a major difference. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not easy to take a family out. You know, I've got I've got four kids, I mentioned. So Im- imagine that cost <laughs> just to get into any event we ever go to. And, and we go to our fair share, too, not just the ones I'm working at. We we go places. We do things. That's kind of our, our you know. I, I work hard and I dad hard. That's just the way I kind of talk about it. Yeah. Um, but that cost, like to go to a major league game or, or go to an NFL game. Oh my Forget God. Just it. getting in is nuts. Um, and then once you're there, I mean, they've got, they've got your money. You're there for baseball. They don't even really need to do anything. You go to a minor league game. It's, you know, between what, seven and $10, you know, food is more expensive than you might get at a store, but a lot cheaper than the majors. So, you know, hot dogs are cheap and they've got, you know, dollar dog nights and all you can eat nights. And, uh, and then you've got entertainment because their, their bread and butter is engaging with their community and making their community feel like they're part of something. And Agreed. that's something I really learned this year was seeing all of our season ticket holders that were literally there every night. 
every single night these folks come out, they spend their entire summer with us. You know, I spent more time with people that I had just met this summer than I did with my family. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing them again in a couple months because that's what it is. And you create so many good community, um, just links. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really a wonderful thing. It's really a communal sense that you get from minor league. And then the question is, you know, then what? Because it's not about the on-field product. Mm-hmm. That, that's the other side of it, too. I mean, in the majors, it's wins and losses. Mm-hmm. And even what's what's interesting, too, is because because you're playing with these minor league players who are in the developmental system for the big league teams. Yep. yep. They're not even necessarily playing the same game that we're playing while we're not there. Not at all. Not at all. Right. You know, the, the Tortugas aren't really always worried about the Tortugas winning. It's well, the Cincinnati Reds need these guys to get some work and then we don't want to overwork this guy. So let's pull him. And it's well, the game's on the line and you know, with bases are loaded, we need our best guy and we're pulling him out. We're like, yeah. Like we don't want to wear out this guy's arm. He's only got so many pitches. We've got a pitch count. We get, you know, and I'm not saying that anything specific that we've done, but that's how it, you have to think. Right. Cincinnati and- Reds doesn't want a low a ball club to waste all their pitches and all their guys when they might need them to call up to another higher level and develop them further. Exactly. And it's like, listen, they know this, like, listen, you guys take care of the outside stuff. The majors are going to go ahead and control what's happened on the field itself. And if it means that you're only going to go for a one inning, that's what it is. It does not matter whether you win or lose. It matters if you are developing that player. That's it. At the end of the day, that's it. I get it. I'm not against it. I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, like you now you have to provide a form of entertainment for the families that are going there. That's where we come in. Right. Mm -hmm. Because for us, it's not about that. Right. It's not about the runs on the board. It's not about the home runs. It's not about stolen bases. It's about fan engagement. It's about creating an experience, getting people to want to come back and just spend their nights and spend their time with us and have a good time, have a good experience with baseball, have a good experience with their community. And that's what we're trying to do. And that's what like my whole job is, you know, they bring me in to be the master of ceremonies to be, be, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm the ambassador of fun of what we do. And, uh, and I tell you what, on nights when we're, we're getting our butts kicked, it's a tough job. It's yeah, a lot tougher. Just, that's the hardest you work right there. <laughs> you come off an inning that goes, you know, where they run through the entire lineup and you're go, you're down, you know, nine to one and it's only the second inning. Okay, everybody, let's get up for the chicken dance. And you're like, oh, no, not this guy. Yeah, exactly. Get me out of here. Oh, like, have you seen the score? I don't care. Yeah. But what are we doing? We're chicken dancing. Really? Like, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're going to make it good too. Come on. You're on the big screen. You know, that's you're going to dance. Oh yeah. I'm standing right next to you. You're doing something. We're (laughs) yeah. So that's, that's where, that's what it's about. And that's, that's the big difference uh, between the minor league level and the major league is uh, we're trying to connect with fans a whole lot differently. Mm -hmm. And um and, and I don't know. I don't know if they'll make that kind of switch. I think they should consider it. But Oh, I agree. I, I think they should. I think they, they really should look at the whole entertainment, game entertainment aspect of everything, right? Because, listen, like you, I'm a parent. Like, I have a, I have a three-year-old daughter, and, you know, I much rather take her to a uh, minor league game. One, because, obviously, affordability is key. 
Um, and, and then, and if I have to leave, you know, halfway through the game, I don't feel so, as bad if I was to leave a major league game, but I know that she's going to get entertained by someone like you while I'm paying attention to the game and things like that. Right. Uh, Cause I also right. like to pay attention to the entertainment. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Right. But she's at that age where she wants to be entertained. She likes what's happening. And, and yeah, that's what major leagues really should take a look at, obviously, but they depend on what they have on the field. That's their product. And they go from that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's I, I look at sports so differently now, and maybe mm-hmm. it's because I started in wrestling, and, and wrestling is sports entertainment, right. right? And I know a lot of even even in purest wrestling circles, they don't even like to use that terminology because that's a very WWE term. And they're like, no, we like wrestling. We like wrestling, especially down here in the South. You got a lot of old school wrestling <laughs> fans. You know, people in Georgia, like it's still real to me. Damn it, like it's uh, that's. <laughs> okay. That's how they go. I mean, it's I love working in Georgia for that reason. The fans are so they're really into I, it. Huh? I, and I love that because in Florida, they're so spoiled. Oh, my God, they're spoiled. Like AEW is here. WWE is here. Their performance centers in Orlando. Mm-hmm. AEW is in Jacksonville. They've got the best of everything. We've got a million promotions, you you know, and, and everybody just sits there like, all right, boo. And <laughs> you go to Georgia and I, I, I there's a promotion I work for in Georgia and there's a match going on. Everybody is like this. <laughs> the whole time, huh? The whole time. And, and the, yeah, get them, man. You know, and uh, it's and I it's really you don't think about that. But the that level of engagement is something you don't see a lot of anymore. Um but that's what's kind of cool about the South. They they kind of like that purest style. But for everybody else, like it's got to be the entertainment. Sports has to be. Sports is entertaining. It, it, it's I was not just going to say it is entertainment. You know, I mean, as much as a baseball purist might love to see no hitters in perfect games, I mean, and that that's exciting. But that's not exciting until it's like six innings in, and you realize you're like, hey, wait a minute, we got something here. Right. You know, for those first three or four innings, it's like, okay, all right. Yeah. He sat down three more guys and uh, going through the motions. Yeah. Here exactly. we go. And uh, small ball. Like people don't cheer for that until it's, you know, the fever pitch kind of rises. Yep. They, they, they want to see the long ball. They want to see the home runs. They want to see the stolen bases. They want to, because it's entertainment because that's, mm-hmm. there's excitement. There's emotion that gets caught up in that. And, um, I think if more people kind of view all of sport as entertainment and that's, that should be the goal. It's not just the, the X's and O's. It's not just that product on the field. It should be just that overwhelming feeling you send people away with that comes from being entertained. Right. That's where more success comes from. Cause that's what sports are all about. We watch sports as our entertainment. That's what it is. You have to get away from our daily lives or whatever, you know, it's going on. You forget about all of that during yeah. those two, three hours of entertainment. Absolutely. You hope so anyway. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Let me ask you, because you, you obviously you do also wrestling and I'll be honest, you know, I'm not really into, you know, too much wrestling and all that, but I've always been intrigued by it. Right. Um, What did, what would be one of the differences that you see between baseball and, and wrestling? How, how does, how do you approach those two uh, forms of entertainment? It's an interesting question. And you know what? I'm surprised I haven't really thought more about it because it's funny because I've I've kind of woven the two into one another. There, there's some <laughs> crossover. Um, baseball, uh, baseball as a sport is a lot slow, more slowly paced. Yep. Um, 
but wrestling can be too. Uh, mm-hmm. These days, not so much. It's more the high flying stuff, guys flipping and diving and doing yeah, acrobatics crazy and things. all that stuff. Yeah. When you watch the older matches, I mean, it once upon a time, it was very common that you would see guys like Ric Flair and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat go wrestle for 60 minutes to a draw, like all the time. And people got into that. It's almost like somebody trying to pitch a perfect game, and, right. you know, and small ball, a pitcher's duel that that doesn't fly so much in in wrestling these days. But uh, AEW just did that on TV a few weeks ago and it shocked people and people were into it. So there is a, a market for it. Right. Um, it's it's got uh, it, it, it's fan base. The fan bases are different, but they have some similarities mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that you've got your baseball purists that want to reject uh, probably my side <laughs> of things, all the nonsense and shenanigans. Yeah, 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 and just, yeah. You know, they want to get their scorecard and they want to know where all the errors are and they want to know who stole what and, you know, what the count is. Um, and same thing with wrestling. You've got guys that don't want the flips and the dives. They just want to see those old school bruisers go out and, and grab grab an arm and work a hold, brother, for the next, yeah. you know, 10 minutes of the match. Um, but they're they're pretty different. And uh, my, my approach to them is different in terms of what I do. You know, I'm, I'm usually a ring announcer. I do commentary as well. So I do some play-by-play uh, in wrestling, which is also different than doing it for, for baseball. Um, but um, in baseball, I can be a little more over the top, believe it or not, for my role. Um, I, I actually have to be less of that in wrestling because my if, if, if the announcer gets too crazy – it takes away from the other guys putting on the show. Like they're putting on that kind of show. Yeah. I was just going to so, ask you, I was like, you're not the draw in, in, in wrestling. You're right. just commentating on what's going on with the actual right. draw itself or, or moving it along and, and keeping yep. people engaged in the downtimes in between and then letting them go do their thing. Whereas in baseball, it's the opposite. You know, the, the downtime is where we get up and we try to kind of hook people in and, uh, uh, and that's, you know, it, it is a, almost a very different side of what I do. Uh, gotcha. I've never really thought about the differences, though. So that was a good question. Oh, I'm very proud of myself on that one. Now look at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so let, let's let's talk about your outfit. Right. Because that's that's part of your of your uh, persona when you when you're doing this, because um, I, I don't know if you follow him, but Eric, the peanut guy. Um, he does the Tri-City Dust Devils and, you know, he has his apron, his hat, right? And his bow tie and all that. And that is his persona when he does, you know, the NC at the Tri-City Dust Devils. So w- w- how did you come about with doing your outfit and all of that? Initially, it was not uh, what it is. Um, and... I, I just started in, just like I said, in wrestling, right? You don't yeah. want to be too much. You don't want to take away. And that was always what you hear is don't take away from the guys like that. You know, it's not supposed to be about right. you. So it started with just, I, in fact, I didn't even start with a proper suit. I'm ashamed to say I started with just like polo shirts and a jacket, a little more casual. I worked for a much smaller promotion, uh, but about a year in, I started, I got, I got a chance to do a show. Actually, they're having that show again this weekend, which I'm not working because I'm working a basketball game. But I got to work a charity show with Elijah Burke, who's a former WWE guy. Um, He just was NWA 
champion and he's on NWA's TV show and he's a Jacksonville guy. He's like the first like guy who ever did anything important that ever gave me mm-hmm. a chance outside of the home promotion where I worked for that first year. And so I bought, uh, do I even have it in here? Maybe, I don't know. My, all my other suits, I have to have a whole section of my garage just for <laughs> all of my suits. I'm not kidding. This is just like my, my day-to-day wear. Um, I love the shirts, by the way. I'm a huge fan you. of them. They're cool. And uh, it it's turned into that, like, I have to be that all the time. Um, but about a year in, I, I picked up a cool suit, a cool, uh, like, I think it was the red jacket or the purple jacket. I'm not sure which one I had. But it was paisley. It was colorful. I got shoes that were like alligator skin that were also purple and, um, you know, matched out. And yeah. people were like, yo, that is like that right there. That's the look. And so then I got a couple more and realized like, hey, I think I can affordably start piecing this together and realize that I got to get the shoes to go with the crazy jackets and the ties and and it eventually just spiraled completely out of control into the madness that you see now. Um, so it's, it's not just, I, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm lucky that it's not just the one outfit. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have to just be the peanut guy in the one outfit. I don't have to be Jesse Cole from the bananas in just the yellow tux. I was just going to say, I've yeah, got a million different suits. So almost the gimmick now is whenever I show up, it's everybody's going, what's he going to wear next? That's which is like awesome. Whole, which is cool because they they think they never see anything again. I switch a few things. out. I do have a pretty deep rotation, but I work so many different places that I, I buy it all. I own it all, but I can rotate it at enough different places that the, the same audience doesn't see it in the same season. Like you'll see it like a lot of stuff I wore for the Tortugas last year. I will wear again this year, but they only saw it once. So it's not like it's lost its value. They're only going to see it once this year. I didn't repeat an outfit the entire year. And I did 50 games with the Tortugas this year. What? So they weren't all suits. There were a lot of suits. Uh, but I also have these, all, all these Roosevelt shirts that are also really colorful and wacky. And sometimes I'll use these under a suit jacket because that makes that pop a little bit different. And I can wear the same jacket with different shirts and different pocket squares and stuff. That's... It, it was an evolution. It was something that... Um, and once I started doing it, I started getting a lot more bookings. I started getting a lot more requests and it got easier to start asking people like, Hey, do you need somebody like, yeah, we've seen your stuff now. I mean, it's not that I still don't reach out to people, but more people reach out to me now than ever before. That's great. And my, my calendar stays really full and I have to turn people down and I don't like doing it, but you know, you I, have to, yeah, I can only be in, I can only be in one or two places on a Saturday, depending on how it works out. So, um, <laughs> it's, crazy. Uh, so yeah, it has turned into all this craziness. And luckily when I do my taxes, this is all considered my uniform. So it's tax deductible. <laughs> I mean, even better. Even uh, better. Tools of the trade. There yeah. you go. <laughs> it's, you know, first of all, you know, you can never have enough shirts or, you know, in my case, I can never have enough hats because like you, like I have to think about, all right, which one I'm going to wear today, which I'm going to showcase. So I'm with you there. I can completely agree. And a lot of our, you know, our, the, the minor league community will agree with you on that one. Um, so l- let me ask you, because you also do your videos on Instagram and I love with your family. I think those oh, are so you've been watching those. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> you know, so, and I, I, I'm sure, you know, like in your family, you know, my wife is very supportive of what I'm doing. My daughter's involved when I make these videos that had videos and all that. 
I, I really do appreciate the fact that your kids are also in it. That's awesome. Like, you know, are, do they always want to be in it or is that something you got to like, all right, come on guys, let's, let's make a video kind of situation. It's a little of both. Um, yeah. My two younger kids are always down. Always. Let's do it. Um, Let's go. Like, uh, yup. Like, when are we doing the next one? And well, how come he gets to be in this one? I wouldn't get to be in that. I was like, yeah, but you were in the last two. And like, uh, you know, it's always <laughs> a fight and an argument. You know, nobody sees all the nonsense. And the, like, they just see the 30 second clip. Like, oh, that was cute and fun. I'm like, you have no idea what went into that. 15 hours, just so you know. <laughs> just to get them to stop arguing long enough to put this together. Um, but they, they they like it. I I did one. We had did one with my oldest son because he's he's so different than the other three. The other three all are constantly jockeying for position and and wanting to be on top and have the attention. The three of them. Yeah. Oh my god. But the oldest one, he's like, please leave me alone. Like, don't <laughs> talk to me. Don't, don't look at me. I want nothing to do with any of the nonsense that any of you are doing at any time. Um, but we did, you know, I think it was like Christmas Eve, Eve or, or Christmas Eve. We did it. And I was like, bro, you got to be in this one. And I was like, I have an idea that you could be mad. And he was like, all right, we'll do it. And like, you know, it was, it was one of the, where people, cause like the people that know us know that we have this kid that hasn't been in the last 25 videos. They're like, Oh, he made it. He got it. <laughs> <laughs> so great. it was fun it was uh, and that was a whole new thing that we did um that uh, we'll we'll keep it ongoing because i think it found a small audience uh it, it got too much to do it every day it was nice to do as a 25 days of christmas but we'll probably do it once or twice a week i think going yeah. forward but but I, they like I, it i get it hey listen i only do it once a week with my daughter just because i know how it goes you right, know it's like all right, right come on baby girl we gotta make it we gotta make a video uh, I'm just going to watch cartoons. I'm like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So you, you only got so much time you can do this. Yeah. You got that special time. Cause if you don't after that, forget it. You're not going to do it. Yep. Like, I get it. Like, trust me. <laughs> that's great. I, I, I think that's awesome. You know, just to see the, the family engagement, you know, in, in, in your craft, because that's what it is. You know, you've created all of this from nothing and, you know, into a very successful business, you know, you know, and it's, it's hard. Um, and that, that's one of the things I'm trying to do this year is, is I'm trying to get a little bit back to my roots in, in a way. Um, I, I've been very fortunate. I've been very blessed to grow my entertainment pursuits into what they've become. Uh, I think there's still a lot more room to go. And there's certainly some goals that I have and some things I want to do. I want to shoot higher. I want to aim higher. Um, but now I'm finally at a point where I feel like I can do more quality and maybe less quantity. And mm -hmm. that's a big difference because oh yeah, I, I, I did a post last week. If my, my kind of my, my year in review, I hosted 205 events last year. Now this Ooh. is my part-time job. I'm a teacher, you know, we work 180 days plus whatever other, like, so that's 205 events outside on, of that on top of what you're doing yeah. yeah yes um so that the question that i get asked a lot just in my day-to-day -day life because people see you know the the this online persona i mean it's an extension of myself but at the same time i'm letting you see what i want you to see people people always will ask a couple questions first of all what's your closet look like well like this. And we're seeing it and, right now uh and second of all 
how the hell do you do all that? And, uh, and it's a tough question to answer because there are sacrifices and, and really for a long time, my family's kind of been sacrificed a lot to go do that. I mean, that's 205. Some of them are days where I've doubled up, but you're looking at, you know, 180 plus nights out of the house. Yeah away from your family and, yeah. and you know what that's probably also better for them sometimes that i'm not here <laughs> all the time if we're being perfectly honest right um, I get but it. that's also a lot of time that, that you don't get back yeah. and uh in doing it, an assessment trying to do a little wellness check on myself um i decided this year that i was going to scale things back when baseball season picks up it's going to be nuts it's going to be balls to the wall which is fine mm-hmm. but getting rid of trivia is is a big part of it because i hosted 91 trivia shows last year alone wow and, and i did it for six years and and usually it's about 100 or more every year so i hosted about 600 shows over the course of six years Sheesh. um and i love that and i i still love it i'm I, like tonight is my first tuesday in in six years that i have been home and it's weird I'm being very honest. It's been strange. I mean, I I've enjoyed it. Like I actually, we help, I help bring in groceries and put it away. And everybody's like, it's kind of nice that you're home being able to help with this because I'm <laughs> usually not. Uh, and um, I just hope that it, that it lasts. I, I want to be a little more present. I want to actually take a little bit, bit better care of myself physically. Um, but I, I want to have some time with my family. And then I want to make sure that the stuff that I'm doing on the weekends and on those nights when I am out, it's bigger, it's better, it's badder, and it, and it's just continuing to take me in the direction I'm, I'm hoping that this is going to go. You know, I'm glad you're saying all this because not a lot of people really get to see that that side, right? Like you said, you know, you're showing what you want them to see. You don't see the of the long hours of work. You don't see the preparation, the all of that, you know, and. I don't want to say neglect, but like, you know, you're, you're not, you know, spending as much time with the, with family and, and that relationship gets sometimes, you know, gets a little bit weird because you're not spending time with them. So yeah. I, hey, I respect the fact that you're going to say, it's like, you know, quality over quantity is a whole lot better than, you know, having all of that and not really spending time with your family. I mean, it's not something that I think you can do right away. I mean, if, you know, Gradually. I, start, I, I started this, you know, I, I mean, I started trivia at 29. I started in sports at 31. That, that's a late start to do anything in entertainment. I mean, it, yeah, I'm 40, it, I, my man, so I get it. Yeah. People say it's a young man's game. I understand that because I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to do this and then still hold down a regular job and still be a good dad and husband. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot when like when when people ask, like, how do you do it? I'm like, I, I don't sleep like that's that's really the answer. I get five, six hours and OK, here we go. Well, spin me up, give me a little more caffeine and let's go because this energy you see is not all me. Like it's got to come from someplace. And it's not and always going to be there. You. No, it's not. And um, I've, I've done so much quantity wise in the last few years that I'm, I feel as though I'm finally at a place where I can sit back and the things that I'm doing are making a little more money for me. Um, I, I don't have to work as much. Whereas before I used to just snatch up and grab everything because that's what it takes at first. Like you need the reps, you need the repetitions you've got. If you're not out there, you're not getting it. You're and, and I'm older, so I got to <laughs> catch up to anybody that's got, you know, I've got guys that are my age that have been doing it for 10, 15 years, but I've caught up. 
because you hustling events in a year keep up with that if you can uh, you know that that's kind of been the gauntlet i've been laying down to everybody is like look and and i've it's weird and, and especially with wrestling announcers it's gets very competitive and everybody you know oh look at this and how, how does he get this and he's only been doing it this long it's like man outwork me please outwork yep. me Grind. and like like if you want to hate me that's fine but don't you can't call me lazy you can't say I'm not doing it the right way. You can't say I'm going behind anybody's back or, or I had any favors. It's just been work, work, work. You put in the now work, it's man. Like, yeah, it's do the work. And I think a lot of people don't want to these days. I mean, they you look want at how the many fame, they want all of that, but they are not willing to do what is necessary, invest the time and then invest money in it because it's not cheap. I mean, even by me running a podcast, you know, there is an initial cost that you have to do. And then you still got to still, you know, maintain that, right? You know, my headphones break. I got to buy new ones, new new equipment and all of that, new laptop. And it's not cheap uh, to do all no, of that in order to, main, to maintain the level of um, entertainment that you want to put out there for you, for people. Well, not to mention your time. Okay, yeah. That's time away from other things. And it's and it's usually probably late like this, right? Because uh, I imagine you work during the day. I do. You know, podcasts ain't paying the bills. I Look, nope. I got kids. I get it. Like 205 <laughs> events, even though like I made pretty good money with it last year, that ain't paying the bills. Nope. So, you know, I do a lot of podcasts and I do like because this is work. This is mm -hmm. me on the clock right now. This is me continuing to build my brand to get out there and do more. And, and that's that's not just a, a key or a tip for anybody in my line of work or, or in the podcasting world. That's for anybody. Like if you want something, you got to work, you got you to grind. And it's hard now. It's really, really difficult. But if you're motivated, that's what it takes. And if you're not, if you don't want to do that, fine. But, you know. Don't hold somebody, you know, don't hold it against somebody that did do it. Because, again, we only show you the easy part, right? You see the finished videos. You see the pictures. You're like, man, that looks cool. You don't see the hours on the road. You don't see the the the, the hours sitting there getting your oil changed and, and your, your hair cut every two, three weeks. And, you know, the equipment that breaks. And every time I blow out a pair of shoes and the heels of my shiny, stupid shoes that I got to wear out there because they're, they're not meant for what I do to them. No, you know, right. like people don't see that. But that's if you want to get there, you've got to put in that kind of effort and that kind of hustle. You, you're right. You got to put in the time, you know, like I, for me, you know, it, yes, we're you and me, it's, you know, what, 10 o'clock at night almost now. And we're talking because this is the time that we both have time. Right. You know, but uh, they don't know that I'm, I still have to go out, you know, later on and edit the audio and, you know, the, the intro and put everything together. That takes time, you know. And obviously weird on. stuff. And, you know, I, I've, I've cut together some audio before some of uh, my, smacking my lips into the microphone and all yeah oh my god get that out of here yeah. and clean it up and space it and a lot of yeah. the ums and ahs and all this oh, other stuff terrible yes <laughs> awesome all right um all right so um before i move on to my you know my famous that's the famous questions here um okay. Uh, anything, you know, that you can say that, you know, you guys have planned for, you know, they torn at Tortugas this year, anything cool you guys got in the works? So I'm actually, uh, we finally, we've been trying to set a date for like the last month. Mm -hmm. um, but we are, we're sitting down to go over all of our promotions this Friday. So we're going to be kind of um, 
putting the wheels in motion on some things. There, there are some things that we'll probably bring back that we did last year. Um, I haven't talked to them about it, so I don't know for certain, but I'm sure just based on tradition that we will have another Bob Ross night, if not an entire Bob Ross weekend, because oh. that's been such a, a big thing for us. Amazing. Uh, we did. Uh, I, I put together Christmas in July this past year and it was awesome. Huge success. So we're going to, my, my thought is that we're doing that again, but we're going to do it bigger and better. I, I'd like to bring in Halloween in June um as a wrestling guy we have kicked around a wrestling night and that's crazy best believe that is on my list to kind of work that out and figure out a way Uh, i don't know if it will you know there's a lot of coordinating needs to go down and the weather and the you know but um we're uh we we've got some things in the pipeline that i think are going to be fun and we we did so much last year with so little coming off of such an off of a non-season year right exactly. and then coming back to a, a crowd that was reduced to 40 percent of what attendance was pre-covid i mean that's a 60 percent drop off but still a success we, we with that with that 40 percent we did more than they did before like our uh, tortugas care foundation the charity organization that's a part of our ball club that gives back to sea turtles and to youth baseball in the community. Love it. We raised more money this year than any year ever before with 40% of the attendees. And I think that is the biggest statistic I can drop. And as a testament to not just what I'm bringing, but what our team did behind the scenes, all of our 50, 50, the crew we had out there, we didn't have a huge, we had, man, we could have used probably about 30 more employees out there. What we did with the number of people we had and the things we had to work with after a non-season year was, was, a was a miracle. It was like the Hanukkah miracle. It was, you know, it was getting eight nights of oil out of one night of oil. Um, and uh, I know this year we've got more resources. We've got more time. We've got more, experience behind all of us so i think 2022 is just going to blow up for the time i love it i think that's great hey keep up the positive out there man because that's you know we need more positive vibes out there than ever before so i'm super happy that you guys you know are able to provide you know for youth baseball uh and and then you know tortugas i mean come on i mean that's you know that's amazing i love it i love it all right my friend are you ready i'm ready all right I'm going to give you the easy one that I ask everybody when you okay. go to the ballpark as a fan. Okay. As a fan. What is your, your snack uh, or drink of choice? Got to get a hot dog. Got to get man. a beer. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, and a beer doesn't have to be specific. I try to get something that is local. Okay. I was just going to ask you, is it local? Do, do as the Romans do that. So that's, I'm very big on that anywhere I travel. Like, I'm not going to do what I can do at home. What do the what do we do here that we don't do anywhere else? Okay, let's do that. Gotcha. When you are eating a hot dog, are you a ketchup and mustard kind of guy? No, those are the worst kinds of people. It's a mustard only. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I'm very. Uh, I believe condiments are very um, context specific. They they only go with certain things, and I'm very rigid on this. Uh, ketchup <laughs> belongs nowhere so near a hot dog. You're not a Chicago dog kind of guy, huh? No, I, I like Chicago dogs without ketchup, with with, with the <laughs> onions and with the relish and with the, even the little pickles on them. They got mustard, no ketchup. 
That's Reg- very important. Now, regular mustard or or spicy mustard? Because there's ballpark mustard. I, I prefer spicy. Good I man. Prefer I'll- spicy brown, but uh, if in, in the absence of, that's fine. Got it. Love it. I absolutely love it. Okay, um, if your life had a mascot, what would it be? Oh, my life had a mascot. It would be a giant microphone. (laughs) I don't know what an anthropomorphic microphone would look like, but that's what it would be. It would have to be. I like it. I like it. Um, All right. Let's see. Uh, Cake or pie? Pie. Good man. My wife's a baker. And they're both oh. good in my house. That's why I need to lose so much weight. It's why self-care <laughs> is happening. But pie is my weakness over cake. I, I, I see a lot of cardio in your life, my man. Oh, I need it bad. I've been at least, <laughs> I've been at least getting my 10,000 steps the last few days. I'm off to a good start. Yes, I, I got my eye watching. I got to make sure that I get my 10,000 steps at least yeah, every day. It's hard. It's 10,000 is work these days, man. Dude, it Most is. Americans only get 5,000. Yeah, I, I gotta. we got to average more, guys. Come on now. Let's get those steps in. Uh, strangest thing that you've ever eaten. Oh, strangest thing I've ever eaten. Um, escargot maybe no, uh, a, a full blown little baby octopus, like probably about that big, like, Oh, really? At a, at a Chinese buffet out in, in Texas. Were we in Texas? I think a place where you shouldn't eat that <laughs> in a place where you shouldn't eat that. And yeah, that, that was what we place. did. You know what? I've lived to tell the tale. It's been 10 years. I think I'm You're be all still right. alive, my friend. Uh, <laughs> um, breakfast or dinner? Dinner. Gotcha. Not a breakfast guy. No? See, no. That's my, no. My, that is my absolute favorite. I love me breakfast all day. It's good. I just, uh, I don't know. I usually skip breakfast, to be honest. Because <laughs> you're on the go I, all the time. I, I know. I, I'd rather like have a little snack at like 1030 or 11 and just keep it moving. I can understand that. I can understand that. Uh, okay. Um, call or text? Text. And I'm a voice guy. But it, I'm text, just going to say, you're a voice guy. You I prefer know. to text. I, I don't like to call people anymore at all. At all. I avoid <laughs> it like the plague. And I, and I don't know why. Uh, but, like, uh, you know what? Just text me. Just text me. We don't need to talk. I get, maybe it's because I talk everywhere else I go. Every job yeah. I have is me. I just don't want to. Am I getting paid for this? No, then you're getting a text. Where? <laughs> well, t- here, are you okay? That's yeah. it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, Halloween or July 4th? Halloween. I'm a huge Halloween guy. Yeah. I've got a whole section of Halloween shirts. Yeah, like, you do. The whole section right here is That's... yes, they're in yes, they're in sections. Yeah, I was just gonna ask like you have it separated by by I, well, themes. I have and Christmas, I have Christmas back there. I have Halloween, and then I have everything. I actually, and what I'm doing right now, like back here, these are all ones I've worn to school this year. Yeah, and all these I haven't, so I'm trying to like not repeat Move in the school over. year. So I'm trying to like keep track so I don't double up again. That's I gotta not... compete with t- I gotta compete with TikTok. I was just going to say, you got to compete with, you know, the, the, the short attention span. I know it's, it's all I got. It's all I got is right here. Um, Would you rather be able to fly or be invisible? I think I'd rather fly. Yeah. It seems convenient. It seems more convenient. Popping from place to place. 
Right. Most of my life, I'm trying to get seen. So I guess invisibility probably would, would not be a work. Yeah. Uh, an Maybe invisible... someday I'll crave it. I don't know. But, <laughs> but, but, but now, not so much. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So if animals could talk, which animal do you think would be the rudest animal? Cats. Cats. <laughs> I Cats, can see that. For sure. Yeah. Because yeah, they are so dismissive. They're sneaky. They're self-centered. They, they, what are you they doing here? They can be a-holes. Yeah, you should show up. Oh, it's you again. Oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> did you feed yeah. me? Did you clean, you know, the yeah. letterbox? Mm, thanks. And then they just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so uh, as an entertainer, I, I hope you, you enjoy this one. So what was the most inappropriate place that you have farted? Oh, um, made doing sit-ups in gym class. <laughs> You know, you have one of those where you just you hit that diaphragm a little bit too hard early in the morning. That's why you oh don't eat God. breakfast, man. That's why you don't eat breakfast. So that don't happen. So you'll get that little squeaker out in the morning. Just there it is. And everybody tries to pretend like it didn't happen, but it happened. It, we all know it. it. You know it happened. I know it happened. We're just going to go ahead yeah. and ignore it. We're just going to we're just going to ignore it. But in the back of our minds, we know we know. Oh, my God. Um. Okay, you own a boat. What is your boat's name? Uh, what is my boat's name? What is my boat's name? What would I name my boat? I'm a big Dexter fan. I'd name it the Slice of Life, the same as his boat name in the show. I like yeah. it. I like it. All right, last question here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I apologize. Um, worst job that you have ever had? Oh, easy. I worked at a call center for a day and never went back because it was the drizzling, you know what? It was awful. So <laughs> I'm funny you say that because I used to work at a call center. Well, you know, with progressive insurance and then, you know, I'm, I'm no longer in that department, but I still work for them. Absolutely hated it. Yeah, I didn't even get to work with Flow. So I didn't even work at anywhere as big with a big name as that. It was a local. Uh, oh, God. it's the worst. You it know, just had a bad vibe. Yeah, that was why. Like I, the people that were there, I was like, man, this this ain't it. Everybody this ain't it. it. You know, it's like, thank you for calling. What do you want? Yeah, That's I, how I just I did one day of training, and I was like, no thanks. You know what? On no second more. thought, I'll I'll call you guys yeah, later. That was it. <laughs> it's not me. It's definitely you. Kind of situation. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I want to thank you um, for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Uh, where can people find you on socials? Oh, man, I'm, I'm all over the place. Uh, on Facebook, it's The Young Professor. On Instagram, it's at MG, The Young Professor. And on Twitter, it's at Young Professor G. But if you search The Young Professor anywhere, by God, I hope that you'll hit on me. I mean, I think I, I think I'm the guy that comes up. Oh, no, so, it'll it'll happen because um, that's the one. Yep, you're there. So, again, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun, my friend. Um, much uh, good luck to you. I hope you uh, you achieve everything that you are going for this year, my friend. I'm sorry that I don't share your affinity for dad hats. They don't fit my giant head. And that's why there's so many hats for everybody. I say that's that. Why I got I got fitted. Size eight, brother. Size eight. The big, I, the big boys. The big that, boys. That logo is legit right there that you're wearing. The, oh, I pulled so out one of the gems for this. I pulled out one of the good ones. The Florida, uh, Florida State League. Yeah, one of the, one of the last Florida State League. Yeah, I was just going to say this, one made. of the last ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, good only the best. You. 
Good for you. I love it. All right, my man. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoy that episode with the young professor. Make sure you guys are following him on Instagram, Twitter. All you have to do is literally put the young professor and you will find him. All right, guys. Now, before I go, you guys already know what I'm going to ask. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the episode and the podcast so that way you guys are always in the know when a new one drops. I'm going to be putting out some uh, new content on the YouTube channel as well. So make sure you guys are following that as well. Okay. All right, guys. So until next time, keep on grinding and always support the minor leagues. See ya. This podcast is part of the Curved Brim Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brim Media. Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. I'm Paul Caputo, and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean. And I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna Tomaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series. And in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. This is Patrick. And Corey. Of BaseballMapper.com. And we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball. So get on the site and find a team near you today. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at curvebrimmedia.com.